Lachlan Wallace. What a time to be alive, hey? How the turntables. <laughs> How the turntables. Tell you what, it's nice to be in the other seat for once. Uh, it's Metaphorically, not, not literally, because I'm in the same seat, but... I need some practice being in this seat um, and need to develop, develop my aptitude as a podcast host. Still hey, you use words like aptitude and you're, uh, you're fast on the way to being an, ex- an acceptable podcast host, which is all we're after. I'm trying. I'm trying. So good opportunity to practice here. You are in the hot seat. I set the um, bar low, so I'm, uh, I'm expecting was, good things. When was the last time you were in the Virtus Podcast hot seat? Uh, in the interviewee chair would have been the great man, Jared Pulsar. He's, it was his birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to him. Um, he interviewed me 2017 at some okay. point. Um, so I assume f- that, that noise is probably really annoying through the mic, so I apologise <laughs> for everyone playing at home. But yeah, 2017, we did a two-parter. Basically on the uh, on the foundations of Virtus, what where it came from, uh, what the plans were initially. So if anyone's looking for a flashback, head back to, uh, I think it was about episode 20-ish, something. Early days. So five years have passed between then and now. A lot of COVID lockdowns. You bought the factory. That happened. KP said she doesn't want to hear you tell the story <laughs> of how Virtus started because she's heard that 50,000 times, but sorry, Funnily KP. enough, she's lived it. Sorry, KP. Yeah. Between 2017 and now, we've got about 100 new members. This is true. And 100 different people that haven't heard the story of how Virtus started. So for those that have heard it 50,000 times, I do apologise. <laughs> but for the hey, majority you can switch now... Off. You can switch off now. Just yeah, go, you can go skip watch to the timestamp on screen here. But for those that haven't, would you like to give us a brief rundown of... How brief? Because there's I've told this story a lot over the years, and there are many different versions. Uh, well, we've got a one-hour podcast. We're two minutes in 58 now. 58-minute version? We're not doing a two-parter, so... Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess the, to give everyone some context, uh, and one of, the, one of the things that we teach at, at school now that we you know, go back there and do some presentations is that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you do it aligning with your values and do it with the eyes wide open and go, All right, how can I learn from this and how can I grow from this? So I guess that informs a lot of the story around Virtus. I grew up immensely lucky with a wonderful family um, and love sport. So running, um, running and football growing up, uh, just wanted to be a part of sport and um, wanted to play AFL. Was never good enough. Took me till about 23 or 24 to realise that. Um, self-awareness takes some time, I guess. Yeah. Um, never good enough. Um, got close, but yeah, was was never quite good enough. So, you know, kind of got stuck post high school going, holy shit, what am I going to do with my life? Didn't get drafted. Stock standard. Stock standard. It's definitely not a unique story. Um <laughs> But I'm a unique like a snowflake, so my parts of it are unique. Um, unique. This is it. We're all special. Um, but basically, yeah, got stuck at the end of school going, I have no idea what I want to do. And, you know, career counsellor meetings that everyone goes through and you, you're kind of like, well, what do you like doing? I'm like, well, I like sports. So did the, uh, the natural progression from high school um, and jumped into an exercise sports science degree. And I guess there was never really a question of whether I'd go to uni or not. It was always in my head that I'd go to uni. It was just yeah. a thing you did. So just like me, that's the story, the story you grew up telling yourself yeah. and telling others. Yeah, and I guess it wasn't like mum and dad have been phenomenal in terms of never pushing us or never, you know, creating a path for us. Like I look back now and kind of that's the, that's what I want to be as a parent over the next 20 years as the girls grow up. Um, but I guess there was always that expectation internally that I go to uni um never love school um would much rather be kicking the footy or running around but yeah jumped into that exercise science degree and then you know over the summer I was kind of like oh, I don't really want to go straight in what can I do instead what can I do to to bridge the gap did a um decided to sign up for cert three four and diploma of fitness this is back when uh and you've all heard the cereal box pt um, line oh, yeah. come out, but it was back when the government was basically Just paying for your course. Oh, handing them out for fun. Couldn't yeah. get rid of them. I can't remember how much uh, we paid for it. I reckon mum paid for it because she's wonderful. Um, but I can't remember how much we paid for it, but yeah, it was relatively cheap. Yeah. So deferred uni for the year. I did, did a Cert 3, 4 and diploma over a 10-month period. 
you know, was still at Stingrays playing footy and working at Rebel Sport, uh, best job ever. Top, top two, top two. Um, and yeah, that kind of was my introduction into the fitness industry, right? I was learning, you know, the basics of exercise science uh, or basics of personal training, um, knowing that I had my exercise science degree to come. Yeah, so what, what was the thought process behind doing your Cert 3 and 4 and diploma <laughs> when you were going to be going into a... A lot, a lot of the advice I give is based off the my experiences, right? So, you know, to all of our interns, it's like, you've got to start coaching. You've got to be coaching early on if you want to be a coach. And, like, I was just lucky that I wanted to not go straight to uni. I wanted to have a gap year. And I decided Cert 3 and 4 was probably an easier, easier route to do that for the year. Focus on footy, focus on, you know, work at Rebel with some of my best mates and just have a good time. And when I look back on it, the contact hours for the Cert 3, 4 and Diploma were like you know, another eight or 10 hours a week on what I would have done at uni. So I kind of did more work accidentally. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, I fell into coaching, um, PT. Like I'd been training at home for a couple of years and been going to the gym for, you know, three or four years and having no clue what I was doing. I was lucky enough to have a brilliant running coach that taught me how to run and taught me how to look after my body and, and those kind of things. But yeah, it was you know, and f- you know football getting better, but football back then was you know, show up, train, um, classic, show up, train, hydrate, and that was about it. Um, but yeah, just kind of fell into the cert three and four, and I remember you know early Jan not knowing what I was going to do, was waiting for the second round offers because I didn't get my first round, um, and I. Yeah, just saw a little lad that was like, Cert 3, 4 and Diploma. Um, was it Victorian Institute of Fitness or Victorian Fitness Academy? I can't remember. Yeah, VFA it was called. So yeah. it was, yeah, just locked it in. Um, what, what was Lachlan the student like from oh, sort of high school so and then as a, uh, as a Cert 3, 4 Diploma student? I... I reckon I remember when the Game Boy emulators were on the phones. Oh yeah, yeah. I reckon I clocked Pokemon Yellow like three times throughout my uh, three and four. Yeah. Um. So they were still getting around when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't the best student. Um. And wasn't through uni and wasn't through school. Like, I guess I'm bright enough and intelligent enough, you know, to to get by pretty successfully yeah. without too much effort. Um. Looking back, I probably should have tried harder at school and definitely should have tried harder at uni, but hey, box is ticked, eh? So you're now running a relatively successful gym, so yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all worked out. Just play Pokemon and it'll work out. Seriously, um, do things you like. Uh, and like birth lottery, could not have been luckier with the parent, yeah. parents and family and support networks I had. So um, yeah, it's definitely no you know, rags to riches story or like, you know, massive amount of struggle. Not a um, started from the bottom, now we're here sort of thing. Definitely, it's- definitely not. So yeah, did that, um, fell into a, a job working at Jets. Um, shout out to Jets Lang Warren, Andy Kiley, um, one of the boys from footy who kind of took me under his wing early on because I was playing seniors at, in year 12 and um, got to know that side of football, I guess, pretty early, which was, which was brilliant. Um, and yeah, he, he gave me a job and worked for him for a little while. Um, and you know, started coaching out of home and what build, build and burn personal training was born. Get around that shit name. <laughs> Nothing not, wrong not, with it. Not my best. Um, it's no Virtus. No, it's no Virtus. I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with the second business name. What were your early experiences of the industry and the standard of education? Because as you said, they were giving out certs on the yeah, back of cereal I, boxes. Like, I mean, like looking like, back, looking back, I, I reckon I'm the only one probably still in the industry in our course. Um, yep. And we had, a f- we had, you know, for 20, 30 in our course, maybe we were the first one through Vic Fitness Academy. Um, and now understanding the RTO business model and stuff, it's like they would have just been printing cash. Um, but I mean, it was, I don't know. I'm not one to, to kind of rag on the education industry, right? Because it's entry level. It's a, it's a certificate, um, three and four, and it gives you the baseline understanding to then go, all right, I need to go learn more. Um, Mm. it gives you the capacity to go, all right, well, this is my starting point. What am I going to learn from here? And I guess, does that lead to two problems with the industry? <laughs> is that one, people don't then go on and uh, upskill yeah. and educate and they're just well, left I think with people, this. People look at personal training and go, it's a fun job. You've got good, good hours if you like 
training, getting up early and staying up late and having doing nothing that's in the middle of the day. Pick your own hours. Yeah, well, you affect like it's not wrong, um, but I guess like people in our industry, in our bubble, go, oh, the industry sucks. It's like every industry sucks. There's there's great and there's shit and there's a lot of in between in every industry. So you know, we're obviously our experiential learnings all based on the fitness industry. Um, but I look at it and go, yeah, it was a, it was a stepping stone for me and jets was a stepping stone. Like I look back at the, some of the programs, I look back at the programs I wrote last year, but I look back at some of the things I did and some of the things I taught and, um, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? But yeah. I did the best I could with what I had and, and you know, we don't know what we don't know. And that's just growth. If you don't look back at what you were doing five years or even one year ago and you're not cringing, then you're probably not growing. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing is like, you know, we're all... I love the the quote. It's like we're all on a planet. We're on a what is it? Spaceship without a, uh, we're Come all on. on a spaceship without a roof, hurtling through infinity. And it's like I don't know. We we can get you know caught up in the nuance of a squat and teaching certain programs and stuff. But at the end of the day, none of it really matters. The human body's so complex. Yeah. And anyone that tells you that they've got it figured out is talking shit. No yeah. one's got it figured out. And I think as long as you do the best you can with what you've yeah. got. And you go into it with, uh, all right, how can I do this better and how can I learn? It doesn't matter what stage of your career you're at. Um, seek out people that you think are doing it better, learn from them, take what you want, yeah. you know, disregard what you don't and just keep keep leveling up and keep moving forward. And um, yeah, working at Jets was very, it was eye-opening in terms of what the industry was like and just the 24-hour gym model, right? It's like, let's sign 1,500 members and hope that 200 rock up. That That is... That is that model. Yeah. Um, it's just the way it works and, you know, it thrives. People make a lot of money because of that. Um, and, you know, you can go, oh, people are shit for not rocking up. People, you know, everyone has the best intentions and, and life happens and the gym is such a small part of most people's existence. So that's um, enough for us. It's our whole life. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that, that's exactly it. And like we go, oh, where is everyone? And, mm. you know, like... As a twenty-year-old PT, you're kind of like everyone. You know, everyone's shit. There's, you know, you just got to work harder and you got to, you got to be more disciplined and stuff. But as now a thirty-year-old dad of two runs a business, plays footy, and um, you know has a community of people that I want to see and connect with and stuff. You're like, okay, well, there's bigger things. Where do you squeeze it in? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. And it's a priorities conversation that you know is probably. Probably more of a topic for a, for a later podcast, yeah. but um, yeah, that, like I had a great time working at Jets. Um, I've been pretty lucky to be blessed with good bosses and um, good work environments and just fun jobs. And I guess you kind of, you know, things are what you make it in, in, a, in some respect. Um, I wish I'd paid more attention to the systems and processes that they used when I was there because I've you know, five years on, I'm like, fuck, I wish I could, you know, go back and get the SOPs and everything yeah. that, that I didn't use to build our business. That and, that's, and at that time, it's the last thing on your oh, mind. Not important yeah. whatsoever. And then, yeah, shifted to PTing from home while I was doing my exercise science degree. And like I said, just fell into doing what I now tell our interns to do, start coaching as soon as you can. How was that transition from Jets to your own private it was facility, about, which was a shed? It was a shed. Um, and shout out to, to dad, Rob Dog. <sighs> Could not have given me a better space to work out of. I had like a little corner and, and like, this is when I was at school, little corner with a bench press and some dumbbells from, uh, from Rebel, the old Celsius dumbbells. All you need. All you need. And it was great. Bought a v- VKR eventually, the chin-up bar with the dip bar yep. and, and stuff. And, and then... Um, and then I was like, hey, can I move the gym into that corner? He's like, yeah, but you're not going any further than this. And then like three months later, I'll be like, hey, can I have a little bit, a couple more meters? And, and you know, a couple of years on, it's like, it's like, you know, probably the best 50 square meter gym going around, I reckon. It was phenomenal. Um, TV was up, basketball ring was up. And, and you know, it yeah. kind of built, it was the foundation to, to this place. How did you go about garnering that? Interest in build, build, building a community at Build and Burn. <laughs> build and Burn. It's, oh, it makes me... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think like when you start PTing, you start with your friends and like, you know, the cold calling at Jets was something that again, fell into was kind of like we had a, what was it? Oh, I think it was like 30 minute PT, free PT for any member. Right. Yeah. So I, rem- I still remember getting to Stingrays early, sitting in the car and just calling like 30 people and you'd talk to two of them. Um, and you know, I was lucky that I've been working at Rebel since I was 16. So had that capacity to talk to strangers and talk to different people. Um, you know, 
working in, in shoe sales is like is not the most glamorous thing, but like in that environment, people come in because they love sport and they want to chat and, and things and had three or four years under my belt of just working customer service. Um, you know, people talk about working in Mac as, as being a brilliant way to learn systems and things like that and customer service. And I think like working in a sports store is a phenomenal way to learn how to sell and learn how to have conversations and learn how to serve customers. So kind of got a bit lucky there. Um, I don't know, like I'll probably use that word a lot lucky, but yep. you know, put myself in that situation. Um, you know, because I, I went back a couple of days after our interview, I'm like, Hey, you haven't called me yet. And I, th- I reckon the guy just went out the back and went, ah, fuck this guy wants a job. So play, it. I'll give it, give it to him. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so had a, a client base that, or that when I moved to home and it was kind of a six month transition, right? It was a, I'll do a couple at home. And then it was like, this is way better than paying rent. Um, and yeah, kind of just had a few guys that followed me over. It was kind of like, like Andy moved to a different jets and, um, we had new, you know, change of change of owners and, and stuff like that, and I was kind of like, yeah, well, now's probably the time to to make the move. Uh, I'd been thinking about it for a little while, and and just pulled the trigger. And a few people came with me, which was brilliant. And, and some of them are, are still members, or still around the community now. Um, Phil Elliott's uh, an OG. Yep. Um, Didn't know that he still spends spends some time, and and um, yeah, it's it was that, and then you know, you train your friends, and you know the. Thing is, back some of the footy boys we used to train, and some of the sessions we used to do, and it was just fun, right? It was just just us hanging out in a gym. Um, you have people, you know, bouncing in and out, and a few of the few of the guys from uni came and trained, and you kind of, you know, you'd you'd hear from. I guess as you grow in any industry, you your circles just get bigger and bigger and bigger, and kind of like when you start PTing, it's just your friends, and then it's like okay, well your friends, friends, and then your friends, 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 and your you know family and things like that, and kind of just built up you know, a good little business that I was running out of home um, that, you know, people would just connect with you in different ways and, um, yeah, wish, wish that I knew what I knew now then, but I don't didn't. So you started training most of your friends. Like, did you have to have any tough conversations in regards to, like, mates' rates? Or <coughs> oh, like, mate, I, I did mates' rates for years I, and it was so dumb. I love a po- I, don't, I don't know who posted it on Twitter and Instagram, but it's like, Real mates' rates is just paying full rate yeah. for your friend's product and supporting them, helping them out. Yeah, it's like, and you know, you still want to do it, right? You, you want to look after your friends yeah. and family when you can, and it's an and it's a balance. I think it's a balance because, um, like, that's a great sentiment, but you know, like, if I can look after a friend, I will. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and and I know that especially one that's helped me out. Yeah, and, but you know, friends will do like good friends will do the same. So like yeah. one of you know one of the guys that I coach at the moment. Um, Actually, I still I probably on a program about a month ago, but he's had a big year. But grats, like I'll send him a program, and he'll just send me some money. I'll be like, dude, too much. He goes, nah, real mates, real mates pay full price, and he's always done that, and I fucking love him for it. But you know, if he sent me two hundred bucks less, it wouldn't change anything. I'd still yeah. want to do it. So yeah. yeah, I did mate trades for years, um, and like that's something that I definitely struggled with for a long time. Is like charging what you're worth or mm. charging what you want to charge. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I look back and I go, all right, well, you know, <laughs> I wasn't throwing mum or dad any cash for working out of the shed. Um, it was, you know, I did my taxes fairly well, I think, um, kind of. Thanks, Tingy. Um, but it's just like you just do what you can and you have fun and, and it was kind of, it was a bit of an adventure. I look back at early PT as a bit of an adventure for me. Um, I was like figuring out how to run a business and I didn't run a real business until two or three years into owning this place. Um, and I, you know, there's still some, some days I'm like, how do people trust us with things? <laughs> like, like how do, like, how do we buy a factory? How do we do, how yeah. did these things happen? And, and it's whack. I can, I can nail it down to just like surrounding with good people, right? Like, you know, good things with good people is on the wall here and it's more than just a mantra to me. It's like, you know, my values and how I live my life. But, um, yeah, building that community was pretty fun and, yeah, I got to still work a rebel and still got to got to play footy and <clears throat> um and go to uni all at the same time. And like I look back at some of the days we had, like I get up at six and coach for a couple of hours, then go into uni um and then you know be at footy for four or five hours and get home at like ten eleven o'clock. Um, I must have been a horrible son, so apologies, mum, for leaving in the morning. Um, probably getting back home at ten o'clock at night to dinner on the table and Never you know, giving that. you a cuddle and going back to bed. So yeah, I um I owe 
everything I have, everything I am to to my family. It's been brilliant. So we'll dabble on some of the the major fuck ups that you made <laughs> in your first few years of verse oh, yeah. shortly, but now I guess. The next step in the journey is from build and burn yeah. to Virtus. Do you want to? I, st- I still didn't that? think PT was a career. Um, like made made decent money and was able to you know, have some good savings between you know footy and work and coaching and um, rebel and and um, got to yeah it was like I got to do I got to do I have a real job right. I've got to find a real job and exercise. Science, I hope I never work a real job in my life. Yeah, st- yeah, still haven't pretty much. Um, but got to. <clears throat> third year exercise science I was like fuck what am I going to do with my life like everyone's kind of going I'm going to go into teaching or I'm going to be a physio pardon me uh, I'm going to do ex-phys or, or whatever and I was like shit I have no idea what I'm going to do like I can't just keep PTing out of my g- garage at home for y- forever which I probably could have dad would, dad would have you know, <laughs> obliged maybe um, and I, I was genuinely went like this was my thought process back then, and I this is like I would yell at our interns if they had this thought, thought process now, and I've definitely yelled at a lot of people across the years for saying similar things. But I was like, all right, so exercise physiology, what's the starting starting base salary? All right, that's you know that's pretty good. I can do that and kind of be safe, and like that'll be a safe job for me, and you know I know I can get a job. Um, I've just got to go do my masters. So I signed up for my ex-phys masters at ACU. Um, had a you know a couple of chats with you know, what were the career counselors back then, were just our, our tutors and, and staff. And I kind of went, yeah, I think this is probably the way to go. Um, and I remember, like, got stuck into it. Was still PTing at home, still still doing the the things I was doing, and then did a few internships. Um, did one at Pace, which was probably the the precursor to me jumping into exercise physiology because I was like, okay, well, this is pretty cool. This is pretty fun. Um, they do a lot more musk than, you know, the chronic disease side of things and and really enjoyed my two-week stint there. <laughs> two weeks, wasn't a whole lot, but um, did a bit of travel and stuff. And I remember, um, you know, fast forward 10 months, we'd, I'd done a few internships and, um, you know, chatted to a few of the guys went to uni with. Coop was over in... Um, in UK? the UK, which he will tell you about you ad, ad infinitum, ad infinitum. How do you say that? Um, and Jesse, who I went to uni with, and we were pretty good mates at uni, um, both from down this side. We knew each other from footy. Uh, we'd had a couple of catch ups about like how cool it would be if we, you know, did something together or opened our own gym or whatever. And it was kind of like a, you know, a, um, I guess what would you call it? A, a bit of a pipe dream early on in 20, where are we at? 2014. Um, and then, yeah, did a few internships. I was doing exercise physiology and then we jumped into the Woody, Woodford internship with Woody and, um, I bailed him up one day and said, I want to open a gym and bailed Woody up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might've been first day and he's like, open one with me. Um, and yeah, long story didn't work out. Um, grateful for the experience and all the good stuff that came from that, but um, that kind of put us on a path to, to opening a gym and, you know, was doing PT out of home and, and, you know, I can't remember the timeline exactly, but Jesse was doing it out of, out of, um, build and burn as well. And, um, got to like 10 months into my, uh, ex-phys degree and, um, my pa died and we kind of had a couple of rough weeks where I was like, I don't want to, f- don't want a bar of uni. Um, and I don't know what it was, but there was one night where I was just like, no. Nah, is not for me. I do not want to do this. Um, I think we were talking about like chronic disease and and one night and then business ethics the next night. I was just like, don't want a bar of either of these two things. Yeah. Um, I promise Virtus is run ethically, but and then kind of just quit. And I remember sending an email. Um, I reckon, or it might have been when Pa just before Pa died. But I remember sending an email from the hospital and like, I'm not going to get my this assignment done. And then. 10 minutes later, like, I think I'm done. And I had a meeting with our course counselor, like two, or the course coordinator, like two weeks later. She's like, yeah, I never really saw you as an ex-phys. And I was like, fuck, you could have told me that yeah. ten, 10 months and 10 grand Same ago. Same big headache. Yeah, but like, you know, and this is something I tell our students now and people I talk to about, it's like, you've got to do things you don't like to figure out what you do yeah. like. Um, and it's almost more powerful to to do a course or, or do a 
or do a job that you'd like, fuck, I hate this or this is not me. Um, it's more, yeah, more beneficial doing one you don't like than something you kind of don't mind. Because um, I guess that was probably what it was with Pace. I really, I enjoyed it. It was fun, but it was more the people than it, than yeah, anything. Totally. Um, and yeah, and pulled the pin and kind of was going through this process to maybe open a gym. Um, you know, fell into teaching. Um, fell into teaching like an we called it an exercise, exercise and nutrition course. It was like twelve weeks of like because you know we were coaching at that time and I was playing footy footy in VFL and you know it was kind of everything was going pretty well. But we we're like, what does the future hold? Right? It was like we got to build something or make something. So we started that PT or the exercise science course. Was literally just like you know back on the RTO RTO train. It was like RTOs that were. Uh, rotting the system, so to speak. But um, yeah, we so were a few levels down. We were just so teaching. So you two so facilitated the course? Jesse or? and I were just facilitating the course. So yep. we basically, we had like 75 students over over a 18-month period, 12-month period. Yep. Um, and we just teach the stuff that we thought was important. Um, in a nutshell, it was like, you know, what do we what do we love, love talking about? Strength, speed, power, like... Um, you know, athlete development and, and, you know, we talked, we had a fat loss module and like all the, all the stuff that we thought was important that we'd learn over the five years okay, of, so, of our so education. How, do, how does that work? So you guys are just paid to run and... Yeah, uh, it's probably a little fuzzy about how it should have worked and how it did work in the end, but um, we were paid hourly to do the course, but we were supposed to get a bonus, a bonus for each student that went through it and completed it. And, yeah. Um, Still waiting on those bonuses, but uh, we carry on and we learn a lot. Um, and yeah, did did that while uh, while the gym was you know potentially being built and planned and stuff, and did a couple of internships along that time, and and then basically got to the point where everything kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, and we were like, no, we got to do our own thing that's just us. Um, and again, there was some, there was like both things were happening at the same time for a while, and then we went, let's open a gym, and I think we. We'd settled on the name Virtus oh, towards the end of 2014. Um, I could draw out the timelines like, and really think about it, but timelines don't matter too much. But thought about the, the name Virtus and it was kind of like we talked about it for like six weeks. Like, what's the name going to be? What's the name going to be? And we were driving back from um, from the Woodford, Woodford internship one day and I was like, what do we want it to be? And it was like, like we want it to be excellent. Like excellence is what it would be, but excellence coaching or excellence strength conditioning or excellence personal training just sounds shit, right? So we're like, what's the Latin word for excellence? Because <laughs> like the thought process around picking the name was like, I, I hated Build and Burn by that stage, the name. <laughs> Big regrets. Not, not the business. Um, shout out to Dan for giving me that name. Um, poor, poor, not your best. Um, but I chose it. I, you know, picked it. So don't blame other people. And but we to think of Virtus, we we were looking at like I remember some of the searches we had were like, um, what are some different areas in Spain? Like what are some you know Greek like, words? I think I'd read Shoe Dog, and I was like, what are some Greek words? Mythology, mythological words, and Norse mythology, and and all that. And then I was kind of like, what's Latin for excellence? So you're like thinking Zeus. And oh, I don't know. We were just going through. I reckon we would have thought of two hundred names, and and you know people say once you find the name, you'll know. And then we're like, what's Latin for excellence? Virtus, like, you know, connotations of excellence, character, and courage. And we're like, bam, that's it. Brilliant. Um, and I drew, I've still got this notebook. It's probably up there somewhere. I drew the, um, I drew a V with a guy deadlifting in the middle. Like, shit, I can't draw. <laughs> but drew that, sent it to Leroy Jenkins, um, Leroy Sorrell, the great man, uh, shout out, and said, can you build, can you build us a logo? Um, we both knew Leroy. I played footy with him, and, and I think Jesse went to school with him maybe. And we had a logo and a name before we had anything else. Um, I was doing it out of home, home still. So then Build and Burn became Virtus. Build and Burn became Virtus. And then we were kind of doing that while we were waiting for yep. um, for the gym to open. And then it never it never happened, or it did happen, but we pulled the pin. We went, we need our own thing, you know. Um, KP and I had just bought a block of land. Um, this... Uh, these funds that were potentially coming from <laughs> coming from the RTO never came. Um, I'm sure if you Google RTO things in 2015, 2016, you'll probably find them. Um, and so we had all this money that was promised to us that never came. So we were like, like stressing out because we we're going to buy into this other gym and and all this other stuff. And I was like, fuck, what are we going to do? And we were like, let's, let's open a gym. Um, and 
plan was to do the education stuff and and the gym in here, build a classroom upstairs, all that kind of stuff. Um, where we're where we're sitting, and yeah, started started looking looking at leases, and we were like, so I mean, to give a little context and a bit of a life lesson, <laughs> that was a heavy life lesson for us and a life lesson for everyone else. Now is like when we open when we were going to open the other gym, um, we were like, all right, where should we open it? And Jesse and I had talked about Mornington. We, um, Virtus was effectively born, the idea of Virtus over a game of golf, Mornington Golf Club. Yeah. Um, I think I won, but not important. Um, and so we were like, like we love the lifestyle. Like we, we'd come to Common Folk and have coffees and, you know, we wanted to spend time in Mornington. Um, you know, we'd both grown up half an hour away from, away from the coast and we were like, we want to be in this area. And when we decided on... Uh, another area for the other gym it was like well this is the growth corridor this is where all the people are you know this is what the smart business decision is um, and you know because initially we were going to do it in Mornington and um, you know draw a 5k radius around your gym and like the Woodford gym in Mornington or yeah yep. yeah so we're going to do that in Mornington and you draw a 5k radius around around your potential business location and you know half your potential customers are starfish it's like uh, maybe this isn't the best business call yeah. to make, right? And then when that was, you know, getting pushed back and pushed back, we're like, okay, where do we actually want to be? Like, where do we want to spend our day? Um, you know, we got a couple of hours off. Where do we want to go? It's like, I would much rather, much rather walk down to the beach or, you know, go sit at a cafe than go to, what, Dandong Plaza and hang yeah. out, right? And that was like a big turning point. We're like, all right, let's sign a lease in Mornington. And we've, you know, we're going to do the education, coaching, um, Mash up and and um, and yes, went went to sign a lease one day. And we we're like, yep, this is it. Um, this tiny little, tiny little uh, beaten down factory on, I can't remember what it's called, Diane Street or something, just just around the corner. And we called the real estate agent. Yep, we'll we'll sign the lease. Um, and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like we just looked at it, and he's like, I'm so sorry. My partner's just leased it. And we were like devastated. We're like, fuck, what are we going to do? And I remember jumping on the phone that night, going like calling a bunch of local real estate. Hey, here's what we're looking for. What do you got? And teed up to look at this place. Um, It was an old ambulance depot. Opened the doors. They're like, oh yeah, this could work. This is huge. Bigger than what we were planning on going for for the first first gym effectively. Um, And I remember opening the back door and opening up to Dallas Brooks Park and just getting whacked in the face with sunshine. I was like, yeah, this could work. Perfect. Um, And locked it away. You know, teed up a teed up to take occupancy like September. Had no idea what we were doing. Like signed a lease. Um, didn't realize you need permits and stuff till like two years in, and and all like all the dumb stuff that you do when you're opening a business. Um, and went, yep, this is this is perfect. So, um, did a big opening party. Um, did a big fundraiser beforehand that we kind of teed up as like a link with it. We did the ride to conquer cancer, which was like a two hundred k bike ride. Um, around the city or well, it was actually from where did we start started in the city came down the peninsula f- just complete luck the, the overnight camping spot was out the back Dallas, Dallas Brooks Park so we all Perfect. slept we all slept in here um, and then wrote you wrote right back to the city um, so we did that and then did a fundraiser for it and that was kind of like a little soft launch and then we did a launch party um, when we first opened so I think we put all the t- the equipment together on the Friday and did a launch party on the Saturday. So that was, oh, sorry, oh, no, start of November 2015. Okay, um, so we're coming up seven years this year. Yeah, so we, yeah, this year's seven years, which, you know, we didn't get to celebrate our fifth and sixth birthdays, which was a bit of a bummer, um, but we'll do a big fundraiser and golf day for, for Ryman and the Johnsons this oh, yeah. year, so get around that. Very exciting. Um, yeah, and then we then we started Virtus and, you know, yep. at, we were going to do both gyms at one time. We we're like, there's two of us. We can do both at the same time. And, and, um, and I mean, yeah, maybe <laughs> three to six months in, we were just thinking like, about how much time this is taking. Oh, it's, it was, it was, it was, uh, ignorance is bliss at yeah. its, at its best. Um, and you know, now I feel like I could, I reckon I could do two now, but I just wouldn't want to <laughs> sucker for, you have to be a sucker for punishment to do that. Um, and yeah, pulled the pin on that which was which was a bit of a bummer like you know there's a whole heap of reasons and, and extra reasons that that it happened but I'm grateful for the people we met and the experiences we had mm. and um, and the fuck ups that happened both 
our fault and not our fault. Um, and it gave us the opportunity to kind of get like we I learned so much um, business wise, life wise. Just like fast forward development five years, fucking up. Yeah. Yeah, ju- it did. just on that, so your first few years of Virtus and then prior, what were some of the big fuck-ups and learning experience that, you, that you've <coughs> been through and would, would pass on yeah, to... Yeah, uh, I think youthful ignorance is business a owners. beautiful thing. Um, like, Is that the classic Gary V? like, you know, you're only 30 <laughs> years old, you can afford to fuck up, you've got Pretty, 10 years like to fix it? it like, yeah. it is. Like, say what you want about Gary V, but he, you know, even a broken clock's right, right twice a day, right? <laughs> no, I, he's definitely right more than twice a day, but... I don't um, know, Gary... Yeah, he's. I mean, that hustle culture is something that probably is shifting away from from being vogue, which is a good thing. But yeah, um, yeah I think I think the and you know, I I say this from my experience, right? Like, I was fortunate enough to have a family that supported me and um, had a great community around us, and um, you know, I was you know, still working at Rebel and still coaching a little bit at home when we first opened opened Virtus. So, like, I had layers of support and I was getting paid to play footy which is still still dumb to me um so there was all there was a lot of layers of support so if we fucked up and Jesse was pretty similar um if we fucked up then we were going to be okay yeah right um we might have a bit of a lease to pay out and whatever but in terms of I like looking at decisions as permanent or non-permanent decisions like it was a non-permanant decision opening a gym like, like there was a way out yeah there was a way out and worst case you know, back doing what we were doing. Yeah, we couldn't really fuck it up. And um, and we are, yeah, phenomenal support network. So I think if you have the capacity to be youthfully ignorant and just throw shit at a wall and see what sticks, then do it. Um, like our saying for the first year of business was like, um, it was a imperfect plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. It was basically like, let's just, you know, see what happens. Um, so I think if you have the capacity to do that, do it. Um, like you know, I'll yeah, yeah. It's obviously not realistic for every person, but no, for, definitely not. The, the amount of time, times we slept at the gym and stuff, were, mm. um, yeah, <laughs> there were a lot. Of, there were a lot of late nights and a lot of early mornings and um, a lot of slept through alarms and stuff like that. But yeah, it was just um, throw shit at a wall, see what sticks. Um, Take us through the changes of the operations and things at Virtus from opening to just before COVID, so early 2020. Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of look at Virtus as, like, chapters, and it kind of fits fits almost too perfectly into each year. But, like, the first 12 months was, like, us having fun. Um, yeah. we'd, <clears throat> we'd created this thing that was just a, you know, basically just a little PT business where we did, like, um, one-on-ones and two-on-ones and we so, we both brought our clients that we had so it wasn't like where it is now where you can just rock up and nah, completely it was completely different it was very one like one-on-one basis or very pt basis way yep. i looked at it we um we had soph cam and katie come on board um pretty much as we were opening so um you know they were just on a rent system so we were like you know under the vertus banner let's support you in whatever way we can um you know, so that kind of allowed us to have revenue coming in both from our clients and from, from coaches. Um, our, I guess the initial goal with Virtus, um, like it wasn't like a, hey, let's just open a gym and see what happens. Like the goal was to create a like holistic health performance hub where it was like a one-stop shop. I'd spent... Similar to a conversation we had this morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's 20, this was what, end of 2015. So I'd been playing footy at Pies for four years at that stage. <clears throat> um, and like you see how the AFL system worked. And, and oh, I didn't mention this, but to give a bit of context, while I was at uni, I was like, oh, maybe I want to go work in the AFL system. Like, not good enough to play there, but maybe I can be a strength coach or or something along those lines. And I remember spending time with the, the coaches and stuff there and they all do a f- such a phenomenal job but I was like this is not the environment I want to work in it's like you know long hours underappreciated which isn't that important if you're doing work you love but you know knowing that new coach comes in and the whole strength conditioning staff could be could be out or you know you're very replaceable right because yep. there's a thousand people people that want three jobs um and you know I want to want my own thing right I wanted my own uh, system hon- that we could build and mold and tweak and and things like that. So, <clears throat> but I saw how the the technical tactical coaches, the the strength coaches, the doctors, the physios, and the players all work together to achieve a common goal. Which you know, 
obviously winning flags at the AFL level, <clears throat> but high performance, personal development, growth, you know, all the good stuff. Like that's what it what it's about for me. Um, yeah, obviously it took me years years and years to figure that out, but saw what that system was and how it worked, and I was like, we've got to build a space where Gen Pop can have this level of service. So, you know, early on it was like, all right, let's build some rooms upstairs without a permit, but we, we fixed that. <laughs> we'll get to um, that. Great man, Jesse Cog, threw some rooms up upstairs for us and, and you know, we we had a bit of fun with the classroom and, and we had a physio space and a myo space was the way we built it um, and because we were still doing some education stuff at that at that stage before the, the big rug pull, um, we were like, yeah, this is this is our business model, right? We have coaches as well as us. We have um, a couple of allied health staff, and we have a you know, an education system as well. So first twelve months was very much just having fun. Um, Greg jumped on board, middle of twenty. I'll have to find the date, but it was about middle of twenty sixteen. How did that come about? Uh, <coughs> so, so was that a part of you wanting to fill a, a hole it's, of it's, that it's, it's hub? Cool, it's a cool story um, because so I was playing footy at Pies and at um, Frank's from ICW at the time still still the Cats get around us um, and one of our coaches Scotty Mathers um, asked me if I'd be interested in, interested in playing footy in Darwin um, and this was a conversation that maybe a passing conversation we had earlier that year and I was like I'd love to I'd love to have a, have a shot at it and, and go go spend a summer over there at some point um, <clears throat> and then a couple of months later I get a call from Ricky Nolan uh, one of the coaches up there at St Mary's, um, and he calls me. He's like, "Hey, lo- like, I'd love to chat to you about playing footy." I was like, "Oh, I'd love to, but about to open a business. Got to kind of got to be here for this next next chapter. Um, you know, I'd love to, but I don't think it's going to happen." And I'd played at YC for years, and you know, we'd been pretty successful and playing VFL and stuff. He's like, oh, "I'd love to get you over at some point," and I was kind of like, "Oh no, business got to take." take precedence and he's like yeah all good what what's your business and we started talking about it and, and I reckon like 20 minutes into the conversation he goes oh because I'd mentioned that we were looking for like I had that conversation about a health hub I mentioned that we were looking for a physio and he goes oh one of the physios that used to work for us is look is back in Melbourne looking for a job I think looking for somewhere to work out of and his name's Greg I'll, I'll pass on you I'm like yeah sure no worries and then I reckon it would have been like four or five months later um, when I get a call from this physio Greg Day and he's like yeah, you know, Ricky Nolan gave me a number. I'm, you know, just been China back, just shifting back to Melbourne. Would love to have a chat. And at that stage, you know, didn't know him from a bar of soap, and just thinking, oh, it's just another physio, right? Because <clears throat> you know we were lucky enough to have some pretty phenomenal physios at Pies, and and I kind of knew, like I said before, there's good and bad in every industry, and I kind of yeah. knew the standard of physio that we we're after. Um, and yeah, Greg came and had a chat, and you know. And we kind of went, this is what it could look like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, talked about like, you know, rental agreement, all that kind of stuff. Handshake, handshake agreement. Yep, let's give it a try. Um, and, you know, seven years on, we're still running off that handshake, or six years on, we're still running off that handshake agreement. Um, you know, anyone that's met Greg and or spent any time with him knows how phenomenal he is as a person and as a practitioner. But we just, yeah, it was a bit of like, a bit of serendipity that kind of, you know, let let the worlds collide, um, and yeah, he's been phenomenal ever since. And ever. Um, and yeah, we had a a Mayo jump on Ash, who, who was phenomenal for a couple of years. Um, jump on in similar time. Um, did some did some yoga early on. Did some Pilates with Brooke, which was great. Um, and kind of for you know that first twelve months was just like let's have fun, like good people, good things. You know, still the mantra. You know, years and years on, but. Obviously, we're, I, don't know, I feel like we're running a proper business now. Yeah. Um, and then kind of end of that first year uh, would have been, when did we open? It would have been like October, so it was about 12, 12 months on. Jess, um, we went out for lunch and he's just like, I don't, don't want to do it anymore. Um, which was, uh, you know, I've always been pretty optimistic and pretty <clears throat> pretty like, that's oh, all right, we'll make the best of it. And, you know, I was kind of like, fuck, like, that's... That's different. That's a challenge. That's, what are we going to do? Yeah, what, like, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? And he's like, I'll be here for a transition and we'll do all this and, and you know, we'll, we'll make it work. I just I just don't want to do it anymore. Um, and we kind of set, set it out and, um, and you know, I worked, out, worked on, you know, buying him out of the business and doing all that kind of stuff and 
it was funny. I was super positive about it, and I had a conversation with Dad, and he's just like, like I won't repeat what he said, but it was not. It was less than a. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't too happy about it. Um, Couldn't like, imagine Rob filthying up. <laughs> oh, mate. <it's laughs> he, he came filthy out like the best of them. Um, but he, it was basically like, you know, you're left with all the liabilities. Like, it's all on you now. Like, we'd sign leases and, you know, we had a $50,000 equipment um, loan that we were paying off and, um, you know, all of this extra stuff. And, you know, on top of that, I'd come out with uh, with some cash to buy him out. And, and you know, Dad kind of... <laughs> Best intentions, but it was not what I needed to hear. It was like, like, and you know, I guess having someone like him, who's like risk averse, has been phenomenal for me. Making sure I don't fuck up completely, like I mentioned before about those support networks. But um, that was, yeah, that was a pretty tough twelve months. Um, I kind of painted as like the the twelve months I had to figure out how to run a real business. Yeah, and yeah, like. Purely the people around me got got me through. Like, Tingy, my accountant, is like one of the great men. He looked after me and and you know saved our business. Has saved our business on multiple occasions, um, thanks to teaching me how to pay taxes and and whatnot. Um, and Lincoln Bart, one of our members back then, kind of just said, "It's all right, we'll sort it out." And we'd c- catch up like once a week and go through numbers and go through. Start. And who was Lincoln? Was he? Uh, he was accountant? just one, one of our members. He's yep. a financial advisor, so yep. he's. Um, <clears throat> so he was he was brilliant in terms of like just getting my help me get my head in a good space. He was like, "It's all right, like let's just here yeah, I'll teach you how to track numbers and the stuff that's important." And because yeah. um, I was a PT, right? I was a PT that didn't love school, so I was like, "I've no idea what I'm doing." Um, and then Coop came back from the UK, and we ran into each other at the brewery. Like I think two nights in a row. Like, I hadn't been to the Mornington Brewery much, but I went two nights in a row. And Coop was there both nights, and he's like got a job for me. <laughs> I think I said, come work for me as a joke. And he did. Um, and we had a great team. So, you know, it was still fun, but it was like, oh fuck. Like I was, I would have been pain in the ass, still playing footy. Um, but I would have been, yeah, I would have been super difficult to deal with. Still, li- sleeping, still living in Pearsdale. Still living in Pearsdale. Oh no, actually it was about a week or two before Jesse pulled the pin that um, we'd moved into our first house, KP and I. So I was like, how am I going to pay a mortgage? How am I going to do a pre-season at Pires? How am I going to do it? Like, I was like, f- like, you know, after that yeah, conversation, I was like, something I was like holy shit, what am I going to do with my, like, like, I can't do this by myself. And then, yeah, just 2016, 2016, 2017, end of 2016, start of 2017, it was just like figuring it out, right? It was like me figuring out how to run a real business. And I, like, I grew up more in that year than I, you know, probably in any, any year of my life. Um, and then 20, so that's kind of that, that was like the grow up year. And then 2017, 2017 was pretty much, or 20, where where are we at? 2015 was when we opened 2016, end of 2016, Jesse left 2017 was like the grow up year and like, let's figure out how to run a real business. So, um, you know, at some point during that year, hired a business coach and, um, jumped into a few masterminds and kind of just like. It was a bit of a dumb year in terms of like how much shit I tried to cram into my brain, um, but like would have been would have read like a hundred books that, over the twelve month period, and some of which are up here. Most behind of us. Them, most of them are up there, yeah. and I just like I would read and I would podcast and I would I like everything we did was like around how can we grow and build and do all those kind of things, and then twenty eighteen was a bit of like a what do we actually want. Like, what are we actually trying to achieve? Um, we built a cool business that served a lot of people and we had a good time doing it. Um, and, you know, it was, everything was around, I'm, I'm just lucky that we had good people and we had good coaches and the, like, we were very member first. Like everything we did was like, let's co- like we're coaches first. Um, but on the other side, my brain, and you know, it was a pretty stressful couple of years. My brain was like, how can we build this into an actual thing? Cause for the first couple of years, we weren't paying it ourselves very much. And, um, then I was like, oh, I've got all this other stuff to pay for and all these tax bills and all this shit. And I was like, how, how do I do these things? Um, by the way, if you're paying bass, set up automatic payments, <sighs> game changer. Um, don't know what that is. <laughs> you don't want to, um, yeah, open, open the gym. It's fun. Um, and it's and and that 2018, 2018 year was big because Coop and I spent a lot of time together. Coop shifted into like a GM role. Mitchie was head coach. Um, Cam and Greg and and um, 
and stuff still kicking around and, you know, we had some brilliant coaches and we'd been running the internship program the whole time. So we were lucky to, enough to have like a pool of coaches to choose, you know, who, who wanted to work at Virtus. And at that stage, you know, things were pretty good, right? Like I paint this picture of, you know, and I was probably pulling my hair out at home and, and the late nights and stuff, but we had, you know, we were running a pretty, things were ticking along, pretty fun business and pretty good business. It was just, you know, it wasn't a real business in terms of like, you know, paying all our bills on time and paying, yeah. <laughs> paying the ATO on time and, and actually figuring out how to turn, you know, revenue into profit. Yep. Um, so and there's a lot of that tied to the work you did reading, yeah, podcasting I th- a lot, yeah. with your mentors. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, spent way too much on business coaching and things like that. You never spent too much. Was ki- yeah, maybe. <laughs> was kind of a, a, it was a, I think it was a growth period that I had to go through. It was a chapter I had to go through to go, all right, well, there's the business that you want to run, which is just having fun with your friends. And there's a business that, you know, maybe you taught in books that you should run which is like everything done properly and like I wanted to land somewhere in the middle um and you know we run a very values-based business now and things like that and I think that's because of that period but 2018 with me and Coop was we spent a lot of time together 2018 2019 um and it was all around like all right who do we want to be what are we building and you know there I don't know when the realization came but because that health hub we wanted to build. Like in my head, I was like, we're going to build like a park, but flip the size of the pools for the gym <laughs> and, you know, have 20 coaches working and 10 physios and all this kind of stuff. And, and then I was kind of like, well, what do I actually want? I don't want that. That's not what's important to me. And kind of the, the shift came to build a space or to stay in this space. Um, and don't worry, there were a lot of like back and forth. Should we go bigger? Should we get another one? Should we do all that? Um, there was one stage we were looking at one of the factories across the road because we're like, maybe we should have like a coaching one and a group training one <laughs> and have two. Like it was like dumb, but it was like um, it was like a what should we do kind of kind of situation. And, and the realization we came to was like, let's just be really good at being the size that we are because um, we were by no means optimizing any part of the business. Like we were just throwing shit at a wall. And then middle of twenty nineteen was a bit of a model change so we'd done pt for a lot of it and you know group training uh, vgt started it would have been would have been early 2016 i reckon but we called it healthy bodies it was like we want to you know do our version of group training um and yeah it was very it was called healthy bodies and we'd kind of do some semi-private stuff here and there and you know cam would have his clients and mitch would have his and i'd have mine that's on a build and burn level of uh healthy bodies dumb um (laughs) But, you know, it was a it was the precursor to VGT. I just called first group training and then, you know, all our athletic development and, and other guys were kind of doing sixteen different options and we had our group training. And group training was going really well. It was building and growing and you kind of it builds that community and builds that connection and, and you know, people get good training at the same time, right? That's what we're here for. Um tick ticking all those boxes and we'll kinda of, you know, I guess my thought process early twenty nineteen early twenty nineteen was like, how do we cultivate these good things that VGT brings and give it to everyone else. Because um, it was kind of like VGT crew and VAD, or it wasn't VAD yet, but VGT crew and, um, yeah, the rest. Coaching. The rest of the coaching. And I love, I'm still, still playing at Pies at that stage. I think I, I think I retired from VFL 2018, 2017, end of 2017. Maybe 2018. Premiership year. Oh, yeah. no, grand final year for Collingwood. No, you before that. Yep. Yeah, twenty seven. End of twenty seventeen. I pulled the pin. I was just like, I can't do it anymore. A couple of our coaches had left, and our GM had left, and I was like, people I love aren't there anymore. Or all the people I love aren't there anymore. A couple of the guys who I'd played for five years with, you know, moved on, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. So, um, came back. I actually went away. Started twenty eighteen. Missed first couple of games of footy, but went away for seven weeks in South America. Bit of a bit of finding myself. Bit of personal development. Bit of yep. like. Classic. Yeah. Bit of, let's let's see what the world has to offer. Um, and I was lucky enough to do a bunch of travel over the you know, over the last decade anyway. Um, but travels travels just phenomenal for to like you know ground yourself and figure out what it is that you're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, and love the team based um, string conditioning that we did at footy over the years. It's like you know just having twenty blokes, boys girls doesn't matter, but twenty people in a room all training, doing their own things, 
uh, is just the best vibe. Like it is. no one, very few people, some people like training by themselves, but very few people can spend time in that and go, I don't want more of that. Um, and kind of went, how do we build this in? So kind of threw the idea up to the guys of like, why don't we do like an athletic development, you know, sports performance version of VGT. Um, and you know what Mitch is like? He was just like, yeah, just do it and we'll make it, we'll make it work. <laughs> um, Two words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like, all right, well, let's call it, you know, Virtus Athletic Development, VAD, and let's, you know, VGT. And it was kind of like a four or five month project to kind of like, how do we take, you know, all of the guys that are on 16 different programs and go, hey, we got one for you now and we've got three options. Um, and this is one of those things, simplifying your offering is really important when, when growing and building a business. And we kind of went, well, we're going to have two options. We're going to have three options for each. Uh, two coaching options and you got three options for each. We have six different products. Um, and in that time, the team had, you know, over f- 2015 when we started, there was like five of us and I think the biggest at one point was like 14 between like um, yoga and a couple of myotherapists and coaches and physio and all that kind of stuff and it was kind of like, and dietitian and, and you know, we kind of went, all right, well, how many people do we actually need? Um, wh- like who actually wants to be here? What are, what are we actually doing, you know, how do we build this long term and you know while you're making those decisions and while you're making mistakes there's always a lot of fuck-ups and things don't go the right way but kind of landed on on the way that we wanted the model to run um we started out with two coaches every shift um and kind of ran that for like a six to eight month period and then you know i we had lucy um and that was probably one of the precursors to like sort the fucking business out is yeah simplifying it was like holy shit i'm gonna have a i'm gonna be a dad soon um and that was that was a bit of a shock that's a shock to the yeah. system yeah oh, it was yeah next level shock and kp kp and i just got engaged um i think we found out like a couple of weeks after our engagement party that we were we were expecting which was uh yeah it was, oh boy. A, it was a moment <laughs> um <clears throat> it's just yeah it's like nothing I'd experienced that like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? Because um, we talked, we hadn't really talked about it. We, we knew it was inevitable. We just, it wasn't really like a let's, you know, it wasn't like a let, let's do it now kind of thing. It just, yeah, it just happened. happened and, um, I hope I'm a long way off that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would have said maybe a month before we found out. Um, and yeah, then we, you know, middle of 2019, we kind of went, all right, rebrand as well we did the rebrand when we did the new model which and the rebrand was just change a logo and and just simplification of of the the offerings um and then kind of was going pretty well i'd taken a month off coop coop was in charge coop and mitch were in charge um started 2020 kind of what was got, the month got rolling uh just hanging out loose basically yep. um okay. and kp and um <clears throat> we'd moved from tyab down to mornington middle of, or end of 2019 like a couple of weeks before Luce was born and it was kind of like sweet everything's coming up Millhouse right like where we got the, got the like we weren't as busy as we wanted to be like we'd lost a few clients in the transition just the way things things went um, but we were building yeah <coughs> and then um, yeah March 2020 hit and the world exploded um, and then do we leave it on that little cliffhanger right there at the 58 maybe, minute mark how are we at 58 minutes <laughs> I've talked way too long um yeah, so that's Virtus in a nutshell. That's that a little part that's A of Virtus. You told me, you said we wouldn't do a part part A. Maybe we will do a part B. Um, yeah, and you know, then we got hit with COVID, and obviously things are a little different now. Um, but COVID, in a nutshell, gave us another like full stop, open chat, open open book, empty book. Like, all right, what do we want to do now? Um, which I guess we'll talk about next time. Absolutely. <laughs> How good's that? We'll leave it at that. I talked way too much. I think I said 10 words. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, for anyone doing anything, take time to like revisit your story because it's, um, I don't know, I've always, one of, the, one of the reasons why we started the podcast, this is a little flashback, so we started the podcast in 2017 when we were doing heaps of, um, when we were, Coop and I were doing heaps of personal development stuff. I did just ran the podcast and just interview people and the goal was like to get extraordinary stories from what we consider ordinary people um i'm a big believer that everyone has a story to tell um if you listen back to the old podcast intro it's pretty much that everyone has a story to tell and you know it was a great opportunity to connect with people um because you know back then podcasting wasn't the saturated 
market that it is now and very few people just sat and had long-form conversations. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll have another one of these long-form conversations next week maybe. This time next week. And uh, go from here. Lovely. Good I'll start here. getting some ordinary people on. <laughs> Mate, all it's been is ordinary people, which we love. Um, but if you have been enjoying the last, uh, what, seven, this will be episode eight of yep. uh, season three of the Verse podcast, give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe, get around it. We've intentionally u- going to use these first 10 episodes to reconnect our community with our team. Obviously, just spoken about the first, what, four years of Virtus, yeah. five years of Virtus. Things have changed. Things have changed a lot since we last did the podcast and the team's changed and I guess our intentions have changed. Tyler's here, which we love. Um, so yeah, get to know everyone. Jazz's episode, very good. Very good yes. from Mitch and Jazz. Very, very good. Um, and the best thing is, and I know this <laughs> this hour has completely gone against it, but you don't have to hear my voice anymore, which is phenomenal. How refreshing. For, for all involved. So any more for any more? Nah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Part B, we will delve into COVID and the Future. Uh, the rebirth. Future. The death and rebirth. rebirth. The death and the rebirth, yeah. Splendid. Thank you for tuning in. Love a good cell death. <laughs>